was in uh, school, I think I was like maybe 12 years old. And uh, my teacher, I, I didn't like her much. So uh, I decided to like, okay, I can say something to her. I feel mad. I was pretty mad at her. And I said something. And then she like, you can't say that, Sebastian. And I like, I have Tourette's. And then she, she just froze up, like started thinking. And then she just ended the conversation and continued on. But later when she talked to my mother on like those uh, meetings, she said, your boy is smart. <laughs> he blamed his swearing and, uh, and so on on Tourette's syndrome. But even though they know like I didn't have that severe version of actually I would yeah, do it involuntarily. Welcome to the podcast, From the Depths of Darkness to the Light of Success. I'm your host, Chris Swick, and today I got a great guest with me all the way from Norway, man, Sebastian Carlson. You want to take it away and let them know a little bit about yourself, man? Yeah, I'm a guy from uh, Norway, the northern part of Norway. Yeah, just like somewhat a regular guy. I play music, like to work out, so on. But uh, like many others, I had some trouble in life, and yeah suffer from that but uh so in our one of our recent talks a little while ago you had uh, mentioned you uh live with Tourette's so what is Tourette's with for the people that don't know a Tourette's syndrome it's like involuntary words and actions like most people see like the stereotypical Tourette's guy is one that have twitches and uh, swears a lot and calls people cunt and uh, just like no control over it. Uh, in my case, I don't get that severe version. I uh, had like problems when I was little that I made certain noises all the time. I was always like either make like <coughs> or uh, blinking fast with my eyes and so on. Like my tics could vary from day to day. You ever called someone a name on purpose and then blamed it on your Tourette's? Uh, the my teacher, I, I didn't like her much, so uh, I decided to like, okay, I can say something to her, I feel mad. I was pretty mad at her, and I said something, and then she like, you can't say that, Sebastian, and I like, I have Tourette's. And then she, she just froze up, like, started thinking, and then she just ended the conversation and continued on. But later when she talked to my mother on like those uh, meetings, she said, your boy is smart. <laughs> he blamed his swearing, and... Uh, and so on, on Tourette's syndrome. But even though they know, like, I didn't have that severe version that actually I would yeah, do it involuntarily. This intro is provided by recording artist John Maxim. It's a clip from his new single, Blame. Follow him on Instagram, at John Maxim Music. I mess up, get dressed up, confess up the worst of my feelings are very mischieving. I struggle and blame myself. From the depths of darkness to the light of success. This podcast is brought to you by our sponsor, Compass Nine Media. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the Chris Wick Podcast. I thought for a good while that I was rid of my Tourette syndrome because my tics weren't like apparent. They weren't like um, anything that people could see, and no one noticed it. it me neither. So I thought I was rid of it, but then I talked to my mother and. She said I was um, being supervised by um, some uh, specialist within uh, with Tourette syndrome and ADHD that uh, studying me while I was in class uh, because I started at the new school. 
and uh, they just studied what I did and they knew my, of course, that I had Tourette's and ADHD. But they noticed that I've started to camouflage it in normal things. Like if someone coughed behind me, would a few seconds later just cough and uh, would be like either drumming on the table or some small things like that, but just pretty normal stuff. It must be tough though. Like, do you still have lots of ticks or do you grow out of them as you get older in life or is it with you for the rest of your life? Yeah, it's an, uh, an unconscious, unconscious thing I do. Uh, I didn't know of it until my mother told me about it. Uh, okay. But, um, it made a lot of sense because I had like a verbally abusive stepfather that always was picking on me every time I did something like that. It was like, don't do that. And so that's, those are the types of things that you would like do to camouflage your tics and stuff. No, I wasn't, they didn't understand it, but, uh, it somehow helped me though, because I learned to camouflage it. It was not good for my mental health growing up, but, uh, I would say I had something good left over from, from what I did. Um, I kind of appreciate it somehow, but uh, so he didn't really understand what, like, well, uh, like, um, about Tourette's at all, really. And he wasn't, I guess, it sounds like empathetic towards it either. So, have you ever exploited your syndrome in any other way? Mm, what do you mean? Like, um, like used it to your advantage? Not that I could think of. Uh, there's rarely any situation where I, my uh, <laughs> My medical record, me- medical record is a uh, subject, so I rarely use it. But if I say something stupid, I could do like, ah, "I have Tourette's syndrome; it's okay." But uh, but other than that, you haven't really tried to use it to your advantage, you know, to get out of situations. Like you had mentioned, you had been tr- been in trouble with the law. Like, what types of things did you get in trouble with the law for? It was uh, mostly because of uh, drugs. I smoked uh, a bit of weed for a while, and but I had a some friends that were a bit more in it to say the least they were selling on a national wide scale and uh just marijuana marijuana and among other things like mdma ecstasy probably some more that i don't know of but uh yeah and that's pretty big over there like the club scene's pretty big over there too isn't it uh the what the club scene like going out to the nightclubs yeah, those few nightclubs you can find in Norway. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, the trouble with the law, it somehow dragged me into it and uh, because they were close uh, were close to them and uh, they automatically automatically think thought I had something to do with it. Oh, okay. So I was thrown in like a jail cell or drunk tank, like those totally isolated boxes. And uh, that, I can say that did a little number on my head because I didn't know what I was in there for. And I was left in there for quite some time and without knowing what it is and without any human contact, it was confusing. And it can be traumatizing on someone as well. Yeah, I felt like that for a while. Uh, my parents uh, told me that when I came home after that, I was just laying on the couch, just constantly watching like a series or something on my computer and just was laying on the couch for a week or two not just leaving to go to the bathroom and maybe eat some. So I don't remember too much of that, but were you in a really depressive state at that point? Yeah, I would say I was like, (sighs) to be honest, I don't remember too much about it because I was just zoned out. Like I put all of my 
humanity like on the shelf and just existed wow so was this because of the drugs you were doing or just like was this a mental illness taking over um about this thing it was a combination of a lot of things that things that have been going on uh like um we talked about the police thing and um on top of that i also had got a girl pregnant prior to that so it was a lot of things that happened around the same time it was we were like three or five potential fathers. So it was a girl that was running around and no one knew who it was. Um, it was the father until we got the tests. And there was something else too in the middle of that. And how old were you at, how old were you at that point when, when you were potentially going to be a father? I was 20 years old. Okay. So still pretty young. Yeah. All this happened like five years ago, but uh, yeah. And all that happened in a little, uh, I was pretty short time span that's why it all ended up being like so so hard on me like i think i could have handled everything like to themselves but when it all got chopped up together and i also lost my driver's license and at that time i was living at my parents in the middle of nowhere so i was isolated that way too yeah because how far of a walk into the closest city or town was it uh, if i were to walk like to the bus station it would take me one and a half hour if i walked fast and if i walked like a normal pace it would take me two hours of walking oh wow so it's not too too close at all <laughs> Nah, like it's manageable but uh <laughs> It was much easier with the driver's license. Most definitely. So what did you lose your driver's license for? Drinking and driving? No, it was for that drug thing because when they uh, took me in and when the, those friends of mine were busted, I just admitted that I had smoked weed and did it a few times to like calm down and chill off. And for that, they took my driver's license because they considered me to not be soberly enough. It was like I haven't driven under the influence or something. And... They even took blood tests that they saw I wasn't driving under the influence, but they considered me not to be soberly enough to have a driver's license. Uh, understood. That's the same law over in Canada now. They passed that one a couple of years ago. Like if you're driving under the influence of marijuana or other drugs on top of booze, you can still be considered driving under the influence. So it's pretty standard now across mm. the board, I think. Yeah, no, it's a, it does yeah. suck when you lose your driver's it's license because it takes yeah. something away from you. You know what I mean? <laughs> like now you have a, you have to figure something else out, but you, you got to do what you got to do. Yeah. I felt like I lost a lot of my freedom to go wherever I could. Oh, most definitely. What has fatherhood been like for you coping with everything else going on? Yeah. The, <laughs> the small part of it that I actually had experienced, it's been kind of weird. Um, because at the first I was very, was very afraid and very scared because I was in a deep depression when I also figured out I was the father, like the mother of the child, like bombarded me with pictures and spammed me down for a while. And I was not in a mental state to be able to absorb and really work through the emotions of being father. Um, so it took me a while before I reached out and tried to meet her and see my daughter and, uh, I tried to do that for many years, but uh, the mother of the child, she um, she kind of tries to block me out of it and my family too. Every time I tried to schedule something, uh, she would say that, no, that doesn't fit. And I tried like many days in a row and just told her like, okay, you can tell me when you have time for it. And then 
Never give up on that, man. Yeah, Never give up. I know. I tried for a long time. and uh, Seriously, I got two kids. You never give up, man. <laughs> yeah, I know. I was at that point after a while, I decided I that was a fight that I wasn't able to handle because right about when I started to get worse again a few years ago, or uh, I was also taking care of a chronically sick person, my girlfriend at the time she was chronically sick and i had to help her with a lot and i didn't have any time to take care of myself so i was slowly like yeah you're burning the wick at both ends it sounds like yeah it was and i had a lot of time where i didn't go to meet my daughter and by that time uh, her stepfather then was like kind of a publicly declared the father loki like through instagram photos and so on and then i understood like okay they made him take my place as the father in her life. And I thought it would take more. It, it would somehow affect my daughter if I started to mix up in it and try to claim what's mine, per se, and try to say that, okay, I am the father. And when she already got mixed up in her head that someone else is a father, then it would be much confusion for her. And it would be much negative or many negative conversations between me and the mother. and. It's just be bad vibes and i i know how it is to have like that bad vibe in your house and the feeling of not being safe and constant arguing and so on and i didn't want to like put her through that i know maybe at that age they maybe don't remember it but i still don't want them it to be a fight that eventually would go like through the law and both sides would be losing something eventually and oh no i totally get what you're saying i i have the mothers of my children, like they, uh, you know, we get along great now. Like it's been years since we've been together and, you know, but we get along great now. It takes time, man. Yeah. Time heals everything. Yeah, it does. But I'm definitely going to pursue that. Um, I would definitely pursue it. Never give up, man. I'm telling you that. Nah, because I, I know deep down that I'm never going to like feel truly happy unless I get to see my daughter often and get to be in her life and she be a part of mine i often wake up from nightmares and pursue that man sebastian i i definitely recommend pursue that man i 100 yeah, i'm gonna build up to it i know i'm gonna leave or um and take education so i feel like it's a bad moment to do it right now to get like maybe six months to hey i'm your father okay now you get to understand that i'm your father and in a few months then i will be gone for three or five years, I'm going to take my master's degree or first bachelor and then master's degree. That's awesome, man. In what? Um, physics. Awesome, man. That's awesome. In Norway? Yeah, in Norway. I'm going to move to like okay. the south, so it would be like a 16-hour drive. Oh, wow. That far, eh? Yeah. <laughs> That's crazy. That, that's awesome though man you know never give up on your dreams and never give up on your daughter man that's that you know i can can't say that enough you, your daughter loves you i guarantee it yeah i hope so <laughs> I guarantee. so what experiences in life have have you had that you are grateful for um get kind of like a <laughs> brain fog when i try to think uh back on something like that but experiences that i'm grateful for um You've, you've got to have something that you've been grateful for, an experience that's made you really grateful. You know, you play the guitar, don't you? Yeah, I do. Uh, yeah, I probably got a lot. It's just not too many to stick, that sticks out. Um, 
I've been playing a few concerts before and or gigs, I would call it, with a band I had when I was younger. And that I felt really great for for that, especially just being on the being on the stage and playing music you and your band made in front of people and you see them actually enjoy it. That was really fun. And uh, to actually get to know my daughter a little, I felt really good after one time I was with her. I think it was one of the last times I were with her. Um, she she started to call me dad and uh, we had real fun. Yeah, we went to a park. I finally got some time alone with her. And What's that feeling like? <laughs> it's hard to explain. It's You feel fulfilled in some way. You feel whole. Because you were brought on this world to be a dad or a father. Yeah, it's our biological imperative. <laughs> yeah, most definitely, man. So w- what have you been doing? Like, So when do you plan to start going to school? It will be um, in the coming year, or we start like in August, our school, and it goes... Okay, so you'll start next year then? Yeah, it's going to be next year. This year, I'm, right now I'm on sick leave, but I'm planning on getting back to work and uh, started to pre-study on uh, some of the subjects I'm going to have to be like more prepared. So that's the plan for this year, and just try to build myself up and uh, get to a level where I actually can handle it and not end up like going downhill again. I've also finally got an appointment at a psychiatrist that I'm going to start going to. So uh, To get back on track? Yeah, to really get back on track. I didn't do that like the first time I got into a huge depression and was at rock bottom. I never went to a psychiatrist because I thought, okay, this will work itself out. And it did, but it came back again. That's the thing I want to avoid this time. I... Instead, I want to take my time, go to a psychiatrist, get some a device and some help and some whatever help I can get. I know that the only thing a psychiatrist can do is help you help yourself. Yeah, you got to be willing to help yourself. That's for sure. That's the same with me in sobriety. Like you got to be, if it, you know, you're the only one that can do it to get yourself sober and all that stuff and get off yeah. the drugs. You know, you have to be wanting to do it yourself, be willing to do it for, for yourself. Yeah, that's true. So you had a drug problem? Yeah, yeah, no, for many years. You know, I'm almost a year clean again now, so. Congratulations. Thanks, man. Did Thank illegal you. drugs help you with your Tourette's, would you say, or no? Uh, I don't know. Like, when I smoked weed, I felt like I was calmed down. And things like playing video games and uh, and watching movies became a lot more interesting. And... <laughs> Obviously, <laughs> and of course, food was delicious. I, yeah, I've gained a lot of weight because of smoking that I'm uh, slowly trying to shed off now. But uh, act being active and healthy—that's always good, you know. I, I like going to the gym. I try to get there as much as we can. Mm. So oh, that's nice. It was actually one time I think drugs helped me, but not directly. It was more indirectly. Uh, it was one year I was at school some kind of like after you go through high school you have if you have only gone for like healthcare workers and uh educations and so on through that you have to take like a a course before you can go to university a year course where you take a lot of the higher tier math and um, those other subjects that you don't get through like those two-year education and then uh, things that we have on high school uh so into that it was like very math heavy very uh, many 
tough subject. Me and my friends at that time, we were like, <laughs> everyone was smoking and we're like seen as the uh, the weird bunch. You could say like we were like no gooders in the class, but we got top grades. You were the shitheads. Yeah, we were we were the shitheads to say it mildly, but we got the best grades in the class. We got like top grades. The rest of them, nah, because we were like we did a lot of schoolwork, but we smoked like in the evenings. And I think the thing that I postponed, like playing video games, watching television and so on to like the time when I was smoking that I already had a set time for, then I could concentrate more about schoolwork and important stuff early on in the day. Yeah, no, most definitely. That sounds, that's amazing. So you had your priorities straight in a sense. (laughs) Yeah, in a sense. So that's what I mean by it helped indirectly because it made it, it made it kind of like a routine for me. So uh, in a weird way, it helped me, but I know that drugs are not good in general. And right now I'm sober too, because I know that. Congratulations. Thanks. (laughs) Uh, So what are three things before we go here, Sebastian, that you do day to day to help yourself get through your day, like mentally, physically? One thing is I go for walks. Um, The place where we live have a lot of forests and uh, nice hiking paths. So I, I try to walk a lot to just clear my mind and get away from all distractions like my phone. And I feel that helps a lot. And um, So let, let's get a perspective on where you are in Norway. Are you near the mountains at all? Yeah, we, actually, we're, our house is at like a, the foot of a mountain. So oh, that's amazing, man. Yeah. So we're uh, in the kind of the middle of nowhere, but uh the wilderness is awesome though. I love wilderness. Like I, I I'm a, I love, I love fishing myself. So. Oh yeah. Nice. We got like a huge fishing river that is, I think it's maybe a hundred meters from our house. We got a small waterfall, like a little bit behind our house. So yeah, we're in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> nice. That's awesome, man. Yeah. But yeah, I do like hikes and I work out three times a week, full body strength type workouts. Because I've been like uh, really into fitness before and I'm starting to get back at it. And uh, It's good for the mental health. Yeah, I love it. It's good for your mental health. Yeah, because once you see it, that you can change your body, you feel like you have more control over your life. Once you see you exactly. can do some physical change, you know you can, yeah, you know what's possible. And the third thing, uh, it's kind of a weird thing. I have like a hairband around my wrist and I've been having it for the past few months. So every time I think like a negative thought, I snap it on my wrist to just give me, give me some indication that I'm in the wrong type of thought pattern. Like, okay, now I'm thinking negative thoughts. That, that's a good idea. So basically the elastic elastic uh, gives you a little uh, sting yeah, on the wrist. Yeah, sting on the wrist. is like, okay, now I got to think of something else. And I think that helped me a lot in the beginning because I was constantly bombarded in my mind with negative thoughts and things that I was worried about and so on. And yeah, I I actually had like a rash on my wrist for a while because of I smacked it so many times. Now, would that be your Tourette's acting out maybe though? With you snapping um, it so many times? No, that's more because I had a lot of negative thoughts. And when I... Like okay. smacked once and it didn't went away. I just continued until I managed to get my thoughts on something else. Yeah. But uh, I think maybe my thought patterns could be influenced by Tourette's too. I don't know for sure. I don't know how it's to live without it. 
I've heard that it can affect. And that's nothing to say that you're not an awesome guy, Sebastian, because <laughs> you're an amazing you dude. Well, thank you very much for coming on the show today, Sebastian. So again, that was Sebastian all the way from Norway. You know, that's amazing, man. You know, it's great what I can do talking to people from all over the world on this yeah, show, man. Cool. I love it. <laughs> yeah, thank you very much again for coming on the show. And yeah, uh, you have an Instagram account too, if anyone wants to follow you. Uh, what is your Instagram? Um, it's kind of like weird because it's written in Norwegian. Uh, S... I'll put a post up for everyone yeah, if you want. Yeah, that would maybe be easier. <laughs> for sure, man. But I, I appreciate you coming on and sharing your story, man. That was amazing. Yeah, thanks. You too. tuning into this week's episode new episode comes out every monday at 7 a.m on all streaming platforms and you can follow me on instagram at depth of dark side and on facebook at from the depths of darkness to the light of success have a great week folks